the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And just an absolute gorgeous week so far here in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, winter was horrible. I think winter was horrible everywhere. And, and I know that that uh, whether it be up in Colorado and California where my son goes to school in Chicago, right, the coldest winter ever in, in the snow and the flooding and the blizzards and all that other stuff, but it was cold here. 50s. It was horrible. Yesterday, it got, what, like 87 or 88 degrees. I actually had to turn on the air conditioner here at the office yesterday. Uh, you know, because I get worked up doing this. I'll get fired up. Uh, so the uh, it looks like, anyway, that winter is officially over, hopefully here in the Valley of the Sun. And now the countdown to 100-plus degree heat is on. I'm going to tell you what I'm looking forward to. And, and I know a lot of people are like, no, I'm not ready. And, and I get it, right? You know, because 115 degrees, it, it's, it's no good. But I am ready for the golf courses to empty out and uh, the prices to come back down to where us regular folk can actually afford to play it. Uh, so I can't wait. My fingers are crossed. I hope it gets as hot as possible, as quick as possible, because I'm selfish. Well, I'm not selfish. I just, I'm not that guy that go out, you know, drop a hundred plus dollars for a round of golf and then have it, you know, take five and a half hours to play. I don't got that kind of time. Uh, but, but nonetheless, another gorgeous day. The sun's back out, puts everybody uh, in a good mood. Uh, got a lot of things to talk about today. The big Fed meeting has started. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, gold is rallying again. Uh, right now, up at six bucks, something like that. Thirteen oh eight silver now, uh, getting real close to fifteen dollars and fifty cents to the ounce. The Dow is up. Everybody expects the Fed to be dovish, and really, quite honestly, they absolutely should be. More news out today. We'll get to it. I'll get to update you not only on factories, right? That's been a big deal. Factories have been big, big driver, and Trump's leading the charge. Slowing again. And see, it's not like this is the first month. It's not like it's the second month or the third month, right? We're in a massive slowdown. We got freight volumes. This one's a big number, uh, so so be ready for that. So we th- these were the economic data points that came out today. I'm going to say this. I blamed the Federal Reserve at the end of last year for their ignorance. 
right? Because they knew. They, it's not like none of the data that I talk about on this show, that it's not like I've got it and nobody else does. Right? It's not like I've got some secret data mining thing out there that, that with the supercomputer from China collecting all of this data in a vacuum. It's not how it works. I'm, I'm, all I know how to do is I know how to use the Internet. Right? I know where to go to get the data. And then I actually read it. I mean, maybe that's the problem, right? I know, like, Congress, right, hey, we pass bills. We don't really read them, right? You know, the old Nancy Pelosi, if you want to know what's in the bill, pass it, and we'll find out together. But when you really look at it, all of them have the data. It's like I said, why is it that when you turn on the idiot box, everybody wants to tell you how great stuff is? And you're you're scratching your head because you know that it's not true, right? Jamie Dimon, did you see him drop the truth bomb yesterday? <laughs> Here's where we're down to. Forget about you know. It used to be the, you know you got the one percenters and then the ten percenters and then everybody else. Jamie Dimon, you know, every once in a while these guys will will speak truthfully. I think it's on accident, right? and, and some of it's maybe just to prove a point. See, he didn't want to come off as insensitive because, you know, you can't be politically correct now. you got to be sensitive now. Forty percent, he said, it, and I'm going to tell you right now that I, I don't believe that number. I think it's, it's, it's higher. Like card sharks, remember that show, card sharks, higher or lower? I think Jamie's underestimating, but he says the economy has left 40% of America behind. And, and he's not wrong, right? At, at, that's the best case scenario, that we've only left 40% of the people behind. Problem is, you got another 40% of the people barely hanging on. And I know a lot of people, they don't want to, oh, I, I'm fine. I'm okay. Economy's great. Really? What would happen if you didn't get one paycheck? What bills wouldn't get paid? Right? And that's the problem. And it's happened, and, and nobody wants to talk about it. It's a dirty little secret. And the central bank, the robbers of the world, the robbers of wealth, having their meeting this morning. But I'll say this. Now I blame Wall Street. This twenty Dow 26,000 today. What a bunch of crap. The economy's in big trouble. And you know what? See, they, they want you to, oh, oh, everything's going to be okay. Is it really? We'll talk more about that when we return. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll-free number. Take the time. Better put away some hard assets. You know, when you start thinking about, and, I, and I'm sitting there now. Remember, 
Wall Street flipped out when the central bank wanted to act like the economy was as good as Wall Street. Right? We all we all saw it. 401ks got devastated. Not that, let's face it. That's the worst. It's not the worst investment in the world. Okay, but what they took away from us to give us that right, was a travesty. But people were getting slaughtered. Right? Because remember, the Fed was trying to act like the economy was as good as the stock market. Remember, that was all-time record highs. And then everyone remembers, they, they called it the Christmas Eve massacre. The one-day bear market. Now, the problem really is pretty simple. The central bank is going to do what I call the, the slow pause. Wall Street's pretending this is good news. See, and because Wall Street now is back at 26,000, right, just an earshot of that 27,000, the Fed's not moving fast enough. <laughs> we got to start cutting rates. I know nobody wants to hear that. But it's true. Right? Layoff announcements don't lie. And yes, I know, oh, there's 7 million job owners. Listen, there's plenty of job openings for somebody to go get a shopping cart at a Walmart. Or to make your car into a taxi. Go out and flip a burger. Ask for paper or plastic, right? Those, they're out there. They are. And listen, they're all part-time. Every one of them. Why do you think they don't tell you what they are? Right? Oh, there's 7 million jobs, right? That sounds great. How many of those 7 million are full-time jobs? <laughs> right? How many of them require a college degree? That ought to let you know how many people should be going to college. But now Wall Street is preventing the Fed from dealing in reality. Let me, let me let me give you a case and another case in point. And why I'm telling you this is going to end badly. It is the third month in a row. See here, there's a pattern here. It's getting far more visible and a little harder to ignore about the goods-based economy. Now, Wall Street can ignore a lot. Obviously, look at it. By the way, this all came out today. The Dow's up 100 points, almost 100 points. Why? Because the, Fed, the Federal Reserve is going to talk about uh, dovishness. We should be talking a lot more than that. Freight shipment volume in the United States. Okay. This isn't China. This isn't Europe.
This isn't talking about how many shipping containers are on the, on the boat. This is talking about right here at home. How we doing? And this is a classic tell of the state of the economy. All modes of transportation. There's a key word in there. That word is all. Truck, rail, air, and barge. Yeah, I know we still have barges, right? Mississippi River, right? They, we still have them. In February, all modes of transportation fell 2.1%. Way way worse than anybody expected. Matter of fact, most people thought it was supposed to increase. By the way, that's down from last February, 2.1% from last year. You don't grow that way. That's not a growth number. It's the third month in a row now of year-over-year declines. It is the first such decline since the transportation recession in 2015, right before the we got the Donald Trump elected. Right? Because we all know if Hillary had won, we'd already went into a recession. We know it. You know it. I know it. Right? Trump bought us a little time. But that time is over. Says the charts show that the percentage from the month earlier, this was a big jump. In other words, December, it was, it was negative. January, negative. But it was within half a percent. January is a couple of tenths. February, now a huge reversal. The chart shows that the, you know, there's a large, right, seasonality, right, obviously loading up for the Christmas holiday. That the record-breaking shipments through most of 2018 has turned negative in a very meaningful factor. The recession in the U.S. is always preceded, and another key word in there, always, by a contraction in the flow of goods across the United States. Now, not all of these lead to one, right? We, we, we avoided one in 20, that 2015-16, right? Because, well, we got Trump elected and we got a big tax cut. So now we're down to the service side of the economy. So the report goes on and says, hey, if the service economy doesn't hold together, we got a big problem. Here's another problem. And here's something the bankers know. So they're, they're sitting there. They're having their little meeting today. And, and they're going to have it tomorrow. They're going to come out with this little, you know, less than two-page report. And everyone's going to look at well, what changed? What words did they change? Right, like that. Somehow you can explain the entire United States economy in a couple of words. 
But one of the things that we all know, and you know it and I know it, what has led, what's, what's been the growth? What's been the growth? Right? The Dow was 6,700 points at the low, right? It all went all, now it's back up to 26,000. You know what you got to be asking yourself, really, with that, with that, that number? Why isn't everybody a millionaire? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why are 401k balances actually going down? That's odd. I mean, they're not down from 6,700, but I mean, in the last year, they've gone down. Isn't that kind of odd? I mean, Warren Buffett, you know, he said it a few weeks ago, right? If you bought a fund that didn't exist in 1942, you could be super rich. There's a really good article out, uh, and it wasn't done by me. Uh, Charles Smith is the guy talking about the crisis that the central bank can't really do anything about. And what they're talking about is the growth of debt from consumers. And they brought up some really, really great points. The people that are actually credit worthy, they've already borrowed what they need to borrow. Right? Think about it. Hey, I bought our, we bought our house. We bought the new cars. Right? We, 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 we went on our vacations. We, we borrowed what we're going to borrow. I'm good right now. Right? Then you got what used to be the majority of America, the middle class, which is, hey, I'm, I'm loaded up on debt. Right? I got credit card debt. I got student loan. I got all this debt. Yeah, I, I, I can't take anymore. I'm paying it. Paying it. But the bank's not going to loan me any more money, right? You know, it's not like I can go out, hey, I want to buy a second house or I want to buy this. Right? I'm maxed. I'm paying it, but I'm maxed. And then there's the now making up almost the biggest section now of American borrowers. The ones that the bank will even, won't even consider loaning the money to. Smith's talking about what he calls credit exhaustion. In other words, <laughs> everybody that needed to borrow is already borrowed. And the ones that are left, right, Jamie Diamond called them the 40%. The 40% of people that are left, the banks want nothing to do with. Housing. Unless a buyer just sold a house. In a bubblicious market. <laughs> bubblicious bubble gummy. It was pretty good. It has hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash. Right? And he's you're not buying a house with ten grand. 
Not buying a house for 20 grand. You're not buying a house with 30 grand. I mean, you could buy a dump with 30 grand. I mean, it, it dump. Unless they have hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the vast majority of Americans, there's only one way you could have had it. You bought a house during the crash. It has to be during the crash. Right? And you didn't borrow any money against it since then. They can buy a house. Everybody else, the house is out of reach. For the bottom 95% in many markets, that's here. That's, I say it all the time. Who can afford a house? I mean, now today, you know, a $500,000 house in the, here in Arizona, it's not that big of a deal. Right? You're, not, you're not getting the wow factor for five hundred grand. It's nice. It's a nice house. Okay. And really, in Scottsdale, it's, you're, you're, you're in the low end. Right, that's a that's a dump in, in 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 a lot of Scottsdale neighborhoods. Like, let's face it, a lot of neighborhoods you can't even buy a house for that. You got a hundred grand to put down because that's what it's going to take. I'll get on with the rest of the credit exhaustion when we return. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Phyllis Schlafly was a firm believer in the fact that pro-life people are also pro-science. She called the ultrasound machine one of the greatest tools for pro-life causes because it allows mothers to see their unborn children through the power of science for the very first time. When each unborn child's DNA was found to be unique from the point of conception, science once again seemed to affirm the pro-life arguments Phyllis always held to. That doesn't even include the unique fingerprints, brains, hearts, and other organs that form within the first few weeks of pregnancy. However, pro-abortion Democrats do not care about science any more than they care about human dignity. They motivate the masses to act out of fear and intimidation. That fact was on full display in the state of New York, where Governor Andrew Cuomo signed a bill making the murder of an unborn child legal right up until the point of birth in many cases. Other liberal states are hopping on this bandwagon of death because they fear what Donald Trump's Supreme Court might do to the archaic Roe v. Wade decision. These states cling so tightly to the dollars brought in by abortion mills that they would gladly sacrifice a lost generation of American children in order to boost their profit margins and political capital. All they have to do is energize their base with scare tactics about women being oppressed. This kind of fear-based legislation should not dictate the future of our nation. 
Only a machine as vile as the liberal Democrats could turn something as innocent as a baby into something to be feared. Let us as a nation turn back to science when we consider the idea of life. Every human life has value. Faith says this, and science affirms it as an undeniable truth. We Americans have embraced this concept since our founding fathers first penned the words life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I hope you will join me in urging these liberals to stop living in a dark age. Do not sentence innocent children to their deaths out of convenience. Now is the time to embrace science and the life that it affirms. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The traditional family is the building block of our communities and country. That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Like, no, sir. Yes, ma'am. By God, be That is our toll-free number. Listen, get ready or don't. Just, just as the, the central bank was to blame when, when they tried to talk like the economy was as good as Wall Street was, now we got the same problem. Just the other way. Wall Street wants to pretend the economy is way better than what it really is. We only have 4.2% GDP. (laughs) We're lucky. We're going to be lucky to stay above zero in the first quarter. Lucky. I mean, factory orders just came out. They They were bad again. Matter of fact, without transportation, which we know is Boeing, which after after this disaster here, uh, I'm going to say that Boeing's probably going to have some bad months coming up here. I'm sure a lot of places are like, you know what, uh, we're going to hold off on ordering the planes here, Boeing. Uh, we're going to wait to see how the investigation plays out on these on these crashes. By the way, fascinating if you actually research what uh, what the problems are, and and not listen. It, it obviously Boeing's at fault. Clearly, now are they going to be able to wriggle their way out of it? I don't know. But when you look at this new seven thirty seven Max, it all had to do with Boeing making planes that were more fuel efficient. And in order to do that, they had to make the engines bigger. I don't know, you'd think they'd make them smaller, but they actually they were bigger. Which caused them to, they didn't want to redo the 737 by right. They wanted to keep as much of the old plane as possible. I get it. They wanted to save money. And they had to monkey around with the landing gears and this and that and do all this stuff. To make it so the planes could work and still not have to change the body style and be able to take off with enough runway. I mean, this was the big issue. Of course, and all these planes are crashing, what, on takeoff? 
But uh, but anyway, that's a whole different show. I don't, I'm not a uh, an engineer of any sort or kind, so I I shouldn't even uh, talk out of school. But but without Boeing, the numbers are they're down everywhere, and I mean every all four. And then we start talking about what fueled the growth debt, right? And we listed them all. We know, right? I don't have to go through it all again. But since 2009, that's what's happened, right? When you brought interest rates to zero, this is what the goal was. Why did the Fed bring, do something? That, listen, all of a sudden, they should have never have done what they did. They essentially told you your whole life savings is a piece of garbage. We're not going to pay you any interest for it. What did they want you to do? They wanted you to spend it. Buy something. And then they told you it's cheap. But it wasn't cheap. Housing prices are ridiculous. Right. And, and, and if, for all of you that can't afford to buy, go rent. Go see how ridiculous those prices are. Everything's too damn expensive. I forget who said it. That's not my line. I stole it from somebody. But it's very appropriate. We've now hit the point of debt saturation and debt exhaustion. Those who are credit worthy no longer want to borrow more. Right? I said it. They already borrowed. They bought their overpriced house. They brought their overpriced vehicles. And those that are left who aren't credit worthy cannot borrow more. And some of these people are credit worthy. They just can't borrow what it takes to buy a house. The evidence is plain enough. Defaults of student loans, defaults of auto loans, defaults of credit cards. And yesterday, it's back, the default of homes are all on the rise. And the recession hasn't even started yet. I think that may be the most important word in that entire sentence is the word yet. Listen, it's all there. I would feel much better. I would. If the Dow was at 21,000. Because the central bank would have already stopped selling off its bonds. They'd be talking about rate cuts. I mean, all that stuff. Listen, it's going to be too late again. It's already happened. Transportation down for the third straight month in a row. All forms, all forms of freight in the United States, not somewhere else, in the United States, down third month in a row. It's fact. All forms of default, all forms, right? Student loan, auto, credit card, home, all rising. And again, all of those really, think about it, right? These are all happened in the last three, four months. And then this guy uh, that's smarter than me comes out, Smith comes out and talks about, listen, we got credit exhaustion. 
the ones that can borrow already did. See, and this is why they brought everything down to nothing. They wanted to gorge you self. They wanted us to gorge on debt. And let's face it, nobody does it better than us. <laughs> right? Right? Nobody does it better than anybody. We go into debt like nobody else does. We were happy to oblige. And now we're at that point where, guess what? Everybody's full. Right? It's either... Well, I can't afford it, right? I'm at that point now where I gorged on debt, and now I'm full, and now I can't afford it. See, I took all this stuff on. I took on a student loan, an auto loan, a credit card, a house payment. Took it on five years ago. And I was okay. But I, 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 I'm not making any more money. Well, they say I am, and I got a pay raise, but then they cut my hours. And everything keeps going up, but they say there's no inflation, and now I can't afford to pay. I mean, I just don't see it any other way. I want to see it differently. I do. When we return, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk about the other white metals. Platinum in palladium. Don't touch that dial. Nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll-free number. Today, you know what? I just got this. U.S. twenty-dollar liberties. It's, these are. It's getting harder and harder to find anymore. One through nine. At fourteen ten, ten or more at fourteen hundred. Try right? ten or more. You're buying it for what ninety one dollars over spot now, right? Uh, gold's up uh, seven and a half dollars thirteen oh nine. Uh, silver up about nine ten cents here at thirteen almost thirteen dollars and forty cents to the ounce. Fifteen dollars and thirty eight cents. Platinum's up seventeen dollars at eight hundred and fifty. Palladium's up eleven at fifteen seventy. Rhodium up another ten bucks. Rhodium is three grand. Uh, again, I'll reiterate. I'm a seller of rhodium. I'm a seller of palladium. I'm a buyer of silver and I'm a buyer of platinum. Right. That's if I was. Had a fort, my portfolio. If you have a portfolio 
with palladium in it, which is a great idea, right? Be diversified. Even, you know, we don't talk a lot about the other three metals, right? mostly gold and silver. And right when you're building your portfolio, those $20 liberties that I just talked about, they're the, they're the rock. They're the base of your portfolio. Right, then, then silver goes on top of that. Right, and then you got your fractionals, your tens, and your fives. Yeah, some tenth ounce. The sprinkles on top, that's your platinum and your palladium and your rhodium. Right, and you're just looking for opportunity. Palladium hit a new record high of $1,600 overnight. Now you can see, you can see how far it's you know, fallen, 30 bucks just since then. It's up 27% year to date. Another reason why you want to sell it. As global supply concerns dominate slumping auto demand fears. And, and, and what they mean by that is palladium is mostly used and catalytic converters for gasoline engine. And we, we've seen a massive slowdown in car sales all over the world. But palladium is up 89%. Is that really true? Wow. 89%. Uh, in just the last couple of years. There's only two places in the world where you can get palladium. South Africa. And the other one's Russia. Right? I know right now, right, where we all hate the Russians. <laughs> right? So the Russians are like, hey, we're in no hurry to supply the world with more palladium. Even as auto sales slow in key markets around the world, Bloomberg reports that demand for the metal, mainly used in auto catalytic converters and gasoline vehicles, has remained robust as manufacturers scramble to get a hold of palladium. There are concerns about auto sales falling. And, you know, offsetting the supply deficit problem. However, the metal keeps rallying. But now there's been talk, and here's where, remember last year, I put an all-out buy on, on platinum. Platinum was, what, uh, 7 and change? 780, 790, 800, right? Already to 850. Get ready. Debate now from automakers as to whether they can switch to the cheaper platinum to help control costs. Obviously, that's what's going to happen. You know, in the world of things, in the world of precious metals, rhodium has always been the most expensive and I think we've sold rhodium twice in 23 years. They come in these bars. Uh, it's kind of like a, a, like a pewter gray color, the rhodium bars. 
Uh, no one really knows a whole lot about it. It's an extremely small market, by far the most volatile. You know, when rhodium goes under $1,000, buy the you-know-what out of it. And when it goes over 2000 I, I saw even though it's at 3 now, listen, rhodium has gone as high as 10 Very volatile. Then platinum. Platinum, for most of its life, has been the second most expensive precious metal. Just has been. Right, right now, it's the cheapest behind silver. Well, outside of silver, it's the cheapest one. Then, then gold and platinum or palladium is normally of the five. It's normally the second cheapest. But demand has been a problem. The, the emergence of China's car market, right? They're the largest car market in the world now. Led to a huge increase in the demand for palladium. And now people are starting to talk as to whether automakers are going to switch to platinum. So I kind of kind of see where I'm going there. Uh, but I wanted to update all of you on where things stand in the platinum and palladium market. Final segment coming up. Don't touch that dial. Final segment here on a Tuesday. I was all set. I was going to sell platinum today. Uh, there's one small problem with that. I, I saw that article. And I'm like, oh, what a great pitch, right? The, you know, getting ready. And it just makes sense. Why pay $1,500, $1,600 an ounce when we can get platinum for $850? Right? Make the switch. Well, the problem is there's no platinum to sell out there. So <laughs> this is why God's got a sense of humor, right? You just make plans, and, and we made some calls, and no one's got any. So uh, that's why we're selling U.S. $20 libs. And listen, the, I, I don't know how else to tell you, but I hope you have your foundation built. Because like, like everything else, by the time you really need to have it, it's too late. It's kind of what I'm talking about today. It's the Dow's fault. The Fed's not reacting fast enough. Right? And you're starting to see all these people, Jamie Dimon, we've left 40% of Americans behind. Right? Talk about Smith today. Hey, the sixty percent or so—if that number is even right, right now—and I'm—I I think the number is more like we've left fifty percent of the people behind. They're done borrowing. Housing, unless you had a house to sell that wasn't all mortgaged up, ninety-five percent of the people in the markets where people live don't have the money to make a down payment. U.S. $20 liberties, one through nine, 14, 10. 10 or more, 1,400. 
at 800-951-0592. U.S. Silver Eagles now 385-year-olds. What happened? Silver goes up, you, you got to pay more. Uh, gold's at 1309, silver at 1538. Uh, today was day one of the Fed meeting. Tomorrow, after I get off the air, we'll have the announcement from the Fed. No, you know, uh, patience is probably going to be the word we hear. Uh, we may hear talk of ending the balance sheet runoff. That will be another indicator of how slow the data is looking at the Fed. The Dow's going to pretend it's good news. That's not good news. It's not. And uh, overall, we'll, we'll see. I, I think at Jason and Brian's show, they'll, they'll be able to tell you exactly what's happening with the Fed tomorrow. Uh, but all eyes on the central bank. There is a press conference after every meeting. Remember, this was supposed to be the rate hike meeting. Is it going to be the meeting where the Fed announces the end or at least a date, a possible end date to the quantitative easing sell-off? Of course, what happens after that when they stop selling? They're probably going to have to start buying again. 800-951-0592. That is the toll-free number. U.S. $20 lives 1 through 9, 1410. 10 or more, 1,400, rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles at 385. Uh, and that's really, well, that's it. That's all I got today. Uh, things that we're going to talk about tomorrow. One of the things, you know what, if I get to it, we need to talk about what's going on with Italy and China. And is it possible that Huawei or whatever the cell phone company in China. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.